Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Barbara Lane, a wife, mother, sister, ministerial counselor, childhood abuse survivor, and the author of the book, Broken Water, An Extraordinary True Story. And Barbara is here to share insights of the traumas that infected her life and the path for healing and living a vibrant life. Barbara Lane, good morning, and thank you so, so greatly for being with us today. Hello, Kate. I'm so excited to be on your show and grateful. Thank you so much for having me. You know, there are no, um, I don't think there's thanks enough for uh, mm. for you, Barbara, for the work that you have been doing over time. And then, uh, you know, in the last um, couple of decades, really, having the conversations you had with your sisters and mm-hmm. writing this book, Broken Water, which just underscores and then highlights this really... Well, I'm going to say it's a tragic area of foster care. You just really bring such a a spotlight to it that, you know, some of us may have thought we had a feeling about not knowing what the kids were going through. But you have done just an incredible service, I feel, in writing Broken Water. Oh, thank you, Kate. I, I hope that it helps. You know, the goal is to shed some light on often uncomfortable topics that we'd rather not hear about, uh, and yet the kids stay suffering. And so, you know, the honesty and truth of my sisters, and I hope myself as well, you know, provides a voice for those kids and, and also adults who have gone through this that says, you know, you aren't what you experienced. We know you're there. We hear you. We're here to help. And you can feel better. That's the whole thing that was the driving force uh, behind Broken Water. And so I'm hoping it's hitting that nail on the head. And I I trust that that is the case. Have you had feedback already mm-hmm. that gives you a sense that that is happening? Yes, I have. I've, I've received emails that I've cried over, actually, because mm-hmm. I can relate with uh, what I'm being told. I've gotten emails that suggest they read the book and they healed a portion of themselves that they've been working on for a while or could relate or just got off their knees and decided to do something to help kids uh, in, in the system. And so it's, been, I, it's all been very positive, very meaningful, very warm and touching. It's been incredibly well received. So I'm thrilled about that. That that is definitely excellent news, and your sisters who really mm-hmm. were not, uh, I, I I don't think they were hesitant to to share. They wanted to share their personal mm-hmm. stories with you. I'm sure that they've now read the book. And what has been their response to you? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so you know, everyone wanted to share their story, but. It took 15 years to gather all their stories because um, trauma is difficult to talk about, even, you know, with a sister. Um, and keep in mind, I, didn't, I wasn't raised with them, so, but, you know, we did maintain a trust in each other somehow over all those years apart. But it took 15 years because I would visit one sister and she would tell me a story that was like a, you know, a fairy tale and then 
I'd come home and she'd say, oh, can you come back and I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> so, you know, it was a lot of back and forth and, and, and things like that, which I just took in my stride because I know how difficult it is. And we had a pact between all of us that if one sister said she didn't want to do it, none of us would. We'd just put it aside. But every sister stepped up and shared, you know, from their hearts the truth of their stories. And and I am so proud of them, Kate. I can't, I, I mean, wow, right? Exactly. Yes, there, one, one should feel a sense of pride of uh, mm-hmm. confronting that trauma, confronting that boogeyman, and, and right. realizing then the beauty of this soul, the beauty of who we are, and that there is so much good that we can do uh, <clears throat> despite that and maybe as a result of it even. Correct. I think as a result is, is an important statement because you could take whatever happened to you and you could do what you will with it. Uh, we pretty much chose to uh, address and change things and become better better women, more powerful women um, because of what we went through in our childhoods. And, and some of my sisters, their early adulthoods even, and, you know, just to use that for, for benefit in whatever way you choose to do that. And I think sharing of their stories and the writing of this book was one way they chose to change the trauma into something powerful and healing. And truly, the book, I feel, has that kind of life about it that mm-hmm. can be, as you attested, you, you're getting response from readers that it oh, is yeah. impacting and changing lives. And yeah. what is so interesting and, and really, um, oh, just so astounding and comforting at the same time about each of you girls, women, is how mm-hmm. you were, you all had this resiliency that you really you have made good lives for yourselves and had children who are going on to thrive. So despite that, I think that's such a critical message that, again, yeah. despite what happened, you, you can have this really good life. Yeah. And I think it sheds light on the importance of bonding and attaching which I think at some point in her life, my mother, my biological mother, must have done a fair job even uh, with the older sisters of bonding and attaching to them because what they did in turn was provide the kind of nurturing to the younger sisters that allowed us to uh, attach and bond to them because then our mother wasn't really you know, that much in the picture. So it's, it's an important uh, element of human development to think about in attachment and bonding. And the, and the beautiful part of that is even if you didn't have healthy bonding as a child, as an infant, you know, we're learning the plasticity of the brain. You can have it any time in your life. So trauma can be healed at any time. It takes time. I'm not going to try to say you snap your finger and you're done with it. That's not the case. It evolves. But it can be done at any point in your life. So it's so encouraging to know that growth is always in front of you and always available with the right resources. It is such a critical message. 
mm-hmm. obviously in your own life with your sisters. And when we mm-hmm. then think about today in our world, and I, I just find it so gut-wrenching to see mm-hmm. so many young people who are out on the streets, the, so many broken people, and and it and I, and I wonder as I walk along as to you know what is your story what's gone on and mm-hmm. without a doubt many I think come out of this foster care system foster foster system I'm not going to call it care right uh, yeah well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they come out of the system or, or, or run away from it because mm-hmm. you have really ripped it open for us to see just just the horrific things that can go on. It it's just it feels unconscionable. I know, I know, but you know, it it's uh, there are some uh, improvements that I see happening in the foster in this case, care system, uh, but they're not enough. I mean, because this, the kind of things that happen to myself and my sisters while under the care of the system or the nuns or, where, you know, wherever we were placed um, still occurs today. And, and it's so sad when I hear these things or I speak to, to adults, who are, young adults, maybe they're 18, 19, or 20, who are sharing their stories with me, to see, you know, some things has not changed. And I think that the biggest contributing factor to that, Kate, is an inability for us to take a good, hard look at the truth of it. Because it's painful. And no one wants to look at it. Not no one. The majority of people would rather not look at it. And it's human nature. You know, we don't want to think that these kinds of horrific things could happen, actually happen, to innocent children. So, you know, it is improving, though, and I do want to say I have met and utilized as a as a child advocate some incredible foster parents. The problem is we don't have enough of them. We just don't. Right. Yes, and, and that is really important to mm-hmm. to be clear about that there are really good ones and 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 I, I it brings to mind someone I had conversed with maybe a year or so ago that wanted to be uh to adopt a child and the kinds of of things they had to uh go through and be what certified essentially it's it was so amazing and it took it was so long and yet um when we go back to your life and your sisters, how you mm-hmm. ended up in such really uh, abusive homes, um, all of you, each of you had. And we're talking about, well, the the older ones didn't. So I think it's perhaps 10 of you were in foster care. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it ends up with that. I always have to stop and think there's so many of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we we were split up quite a lot. You know, I think uh, six of us, if I remember correctly, ended up in a Catholic orphanage. And then um, when my mother abandoned the younger ones, um, she took the youngest baby with her, and that baby stayed with her until she, until she was taken away. You know, the, the social services caught up with her eventually and took my younger sister Pam away from her, and she went into an orphanage. Here's the deal. My older sisters were already married and out of the home when 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 my mother abandoned the rest of us. And the system was set up in such a way back then that even though we were their sisters, 
their biological sisters. Once we were in the system, the system said they couldn't take us because their houses were too small. Yeah. Boggles boggles the mind. Right. And, And, you know, there may be more focus on that kind of thing still than... Um, connecting with maybe family members that are healthy and are willing and are wanting to keep that family unit together. Now, I understand in my practice, I've come across many cases, unfortunately, where the only option to take care of a child was to remove them from their home. I mean, there were there was no choice. And yet, you know, if there were siblings, the value of having sibling visits so that their whole entire unit isn't destroyed, their whole connection to who they think they are isn't destroyed, is so, so valuable. The problem is the system is so overburdened. Who supervises those visits? So anyone listening, I would say if you have extra time and you want to get involved in this kind of thing, you become a mentor. You could become a child advocate, which is such a powerful position to be in to help children who find themselves in situations like my sisters and I did. And yes, that is a big shout out to mm-hmm. become involved because we need to have that kind of involvement and and we know yeah. who we are, um, th- that we mm-hmm. want to see goodness happen. So, so definitely even a, a, an ounce of uh, prevention is going yeah. to make a difference. Yes, and you know, also, if if some don't have the time or or the the capacity for one reason or another to do that kind of work, can always uh, do things to help kids in foster care or in the system in many ways. Providing suitcases because they go from home to home to home. Usually, they carry a black trash bag with their articles of clothing in it, and it's humiliating. So, you know, you could do something as simple as donating um, school supplies or anything like that, Uh, new clothes. New clothes are such a treat for these kids. You can call your local Child Protective Services and find out where and how to do that. I mean, there's so many ways to help out. And the other thing is sometimes, you know, if you see a child acting out somewhere or you kind of wonder if that's a foster child and a foster mothers having problems with that child or something, you would be surprised how far just a warm smile to that child will go. It could change them. Mm-hmm. Just seeing them for who they are is just, you know, this poor kid kind of thing. Not pity, but a warm smile like you see them can, can make all the difference in a child's life. Maybe if it only happens one time, they'll remember it. Because it is so significant in their life. I think so, yes. Mm -hmm. So these are some really, I think, simple but impactful ways that all of us can be involved in. And and it's so important to realize it affects every single one of us. If we had not experienced that, that doesn't mean we aren't affected uh, because we're only as strong as that weakest link in our world. That's absolutely the case. And if we think that, you know, we there's no reason to get involved because that child's situation doesn't impact me, let's say, as an individual, <laughs> we're so wrong. Because if you look at the numbers of kids that 
um, just kind of age out of the system. And they wind up on the street because they don't have anywhere to go. Or they wind up pregnant or they drop out of any kind of uh, education they were pursuing. They join gangs. They go to jail. That is so expensive monetarily for society yes. that if the only thing you're looking at is what is this costing me in my wallet, if that's the only thing you're looking at, there's a lot of reasons to get involved. Precisely. Yeah, I think you've nailed it in that way, mm-hmm. Barbara, that, uh, it, you know, if, if it is totally from a mercenary standpoint, yeah. do that. Because yes, that's that's what happens with these. And you need to. We need to look at them as innocent children. They didn't ask yeah. for these circumstances, and yet here no. they are. You know, pawns in in a system. They are, and you know, I think the thing that is happening so much today um, that uh, if it happened when I was younger, we just didn't hear of it, and so that may be the case. But I do think it's on the rise. It's the trafficking of children. Mm. Uh, it's just such a horrible, horrible thing, you know. So um, even if we're looking outside of uh, children in the foster care system, the importance of parents, sadly, but <laughs> it's, it's essential to do is to teach your kids, your little ones or your teenagers, how to not talk to strangers, how to not help someone who says they're having car trouble and then they nab your child, you know, how to protect themselves in any way possible, not being alone, being in a group, to protect them from this trafficking that is just horrific. There's the movie out, what's it called, The Sound, I forget now, the name's going to escape me. It's a new movie. I think you could now get it on Netflix. That's all about uh, a gentleman who tried to solve a case of child trafficking. And it's a true story that the movie is based on. And the sound of silence or something like something similar to that, but I'm sure I don't have it exactly right. But I would encourage people to watch it and say, oh, you know, if you have children of your own, watch it and know how these things can happen. So isn't it horrible that we have to do this? Yes. For our children to teach, you know, your six-year-old and your nine-year-old and girl or boy how to protect themselves from being trafficked. You know, it, it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's mind-numbing that, that mm-hmm. we are in this place when there's just so, we're so capable of so much that is good. And if mm-hmm. we focused on doing that, which Right. And and that is what you did, you know, even though you came out mm-hmm. of such terrible circumstances, how you were able to hold on to uh, to a star, wishing upon the, yeah. that, that yeah. night sky star, hold yeah. on to that and, and really yeah. create a better life and, and a family so that you stopped that abuse yeah. that had been going on. Yes. And, and you could do that. I mean... I would encourage anyone who's an uh, adult victim or teenage a victim of child abuse. You know, the, the thing about it is it silences children. It will silence you out of fear and a variety of other factors not to talk about it. And then, you know, we do crazy things with our mind. I know I did. I put it all up in my mind, locked it up in what I refer to as a dungeon, and tried to live a normal life. 
to the best of my ability. It's a pretending that it never happened. That'll work for a while, but it'll never work for long. So, you know, having the bravery. I, I, I just wrote another little workbook I'm going to release shortly, and I dedicate it to the brave of heart. And to me, the brave of heart is those who, who gather all their courage and seek help. Seek help. You know, it's not your fault. It's not who you are and, and you deserve. You have the right to fight to live for a life that's free of your childhood pain. So it's so important to seek help. And I don't know where I would have been, Kate, if I had not gathered the courage to seek therapy. And it, it just, you know, was a light to my darkness. It, it spoke to my soul. I had two wonderful uh, ther- a therapist and a mentor that freed me from all of that and allowed me to see the truth of who I really was and rather than, than being covered up with all the abuse and trauma that I experienced. So reaching out, you know, and if the first person you see doesn't work for you, okay, forget that one, go on to someone else because you deserve it. You deserve to live a happy life. None of it's your fault. And you had the experience of of your first um, therapist (laughs) (laughs) being someone that you thought, oh, no, I'm I'm not going there. (laughs) No, I I know the first time I sought therapy, I sat in front of a psychiatrist's desk, and he had this huge big desk, and he had these glasses on his nose. And I was sitting in this leather chair, and I think I write in there, I had wished the leather chair would just open up and swallow me because I just didn't want to be there. And he just looked down at me over those glasses. It was a very cold, kind of humiliating experience. And he gave me some advice, which I was nowhere near emotionally ready to follow, so I never went back. In contrast, when I found Donna, my therapist for many years, and then my cohort, um, I sat down on the sofa, and she was in a chair right next to me, very comfortable. And she didn't tell me what to do. She listened, mm-hmm. and she empathized. And I was eventually able to open up to her, and then we could talk about what's the best steps I could take. What a difference, right? Yes. Oh, huge. And It's and, huge. And so we need to find that for our individual mm-hmm. selves and know mm-hmm. that it's empowering. We need to tell the stories. The stories are important mm-hmm. to release from within us, correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a hard thing to do, and the timing is different for each individual. And the way trauma is dealt with is different for each individual. But I think hearing other stories, such as the ones I gathered from my sisters and mine as well, uh, can help with that, and uh, with individuals knowing I'm not alone. This did happen. This does happen. And look at these women; they went through similar things, and it, it provides hope because you lose sight of hope. And and I'm hopeful <laughs> that this book opens the door to hope for a lot of readers. And I have gotten. Wonderful feedback from men as well, Kate, that have read this book and said that it's changed their lives. So it's sadly not just women. No, it does. Yeah. 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 
So the book, we need to mention this, mm-hmm. Broken Water, mm-hmm. came out this year. It's available at all of our favorite book sources. And let's mention your website, Barbara. Sure. Um, people can reach out to me at barbalane.info. Barbalane.info. And on there, they can find my phone number, my email. I respond to every email I get. It may take me a little while, but I will get back to you with any questions you might have. And what I found uh, on that webpage is where mm-hmm. it said that there you donate 10% of all profits from these books to agencies, to organizations that are there to help and support children going through uh, abusive situations. Correct. And uh, if someone wants to do that as well, on my website, they'll find a list of some of the most, uh, I think, valuable organizations to contribute to. So that is definitely excellent. So we've touched on such critical things, not being able Mm -hmm. to really have the time to go in depth. And that's where I really would underscore and invite people to get a copy of the book and read it and and let it percolate wherever it needs to within ourselves, Mm -hmm. because uh, Mm -hmm. it it is a source or it, it is a beginning for healing to happen. Yes. Yes. Right. I would encourage that. And again, reach out. You know, if it touches on something, reach out. Um, Feel free to email me. As I say, I will get back to you. It may take me a while because there's great numbers of emails coming in. But I will get back to you. And maybe it would be as simple as a direction someone would ask me, what kind of intervention do you think I need? I would ask a question or two and then say, you just answered your own question. <laughs> so, you know, we let that kind of go that way. So, um, but, but we're here to help. You know, I'm here to help. I'm here to inform at this stage of my life. And I think it's a very valuable, valuable thing to do. And I'm grateful to anyone who picks up broken water. And I will call them the brave of heart. Mm. It- which is the workbook. So that's going to be available shortly, if it isn't already? Yes, it's going to be out January 1st, and it's kind of a companion book to Broken Water um, for those who... I share the steps I took with my therapist um, to, to kind of come to terms with abuse. They're not the only ones people could use, but they're the ones I've used, and I've used them with my own clients uh, in my own practice. Um, with great success, it's been used by well, uh, social workers and group leaders and um, clergy um, to work with individuals or groups, or someone can work through it all on their own. And then it's designed to give some insights. At least it's a it's a start for someone, or they can use it to augment whatever they're doing uh, currently with with their process with their journey. And the timing, I think, couldn't be then more perfect because here we are with the new year facing us. There's right. that proverbial, you know, making yeah. making that resolution. Um, keep it simple so it's attainable. Mm-hmm. And I think reading a book mm-hmm. and and let it begin to do its magic or its miracles within us and, and help right. us to really become all of who we have the potential to be. Be. It's it's really right there. It's right there. And you know, they could pre-order it if they want. 
Um, the title is um, What Your Inner Child Knows. I mean, and this is the thing is to going back to that younger you and discovering the gifts and everything that we had that were hidden from us. You know, they could get it on my website if they want to, or it'll be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of that, uh, probably around January 1st. How excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I am just so in awe of you, Barbara, and so grateful to you uh, because you really come from that place of this was your life as a child yeah. and what you've been able to do. So it, 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 it does give hope. There is that strong, yeah. strong message of hope. Good. I'm so glad because that's, you know, that's what we all need. Without hope, who are we? <laughs> yes, precisely. And, and it yeah. is there uh, for each of us. There's no discrimination there at all. It, it is, that's a level playing field for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, 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 I hope that uh, you have a wonderful holiday. And and the same to you and, you know, a new year that's going to just mm. uh, be shining and brilliant and, and truly filled with hope for each and every one for the life that we are, are meant to be living. Very good. I right. love how you worded that. That's absolutely the truth and the beauty of it. it I feel it in me. So thank you for saying that that way. Well, again, I am just so grateful to you, Barbara Lane. You are truly such an inspiring and amazing woman. And thank you for for your courage and for following your heart and, and having that faith and trust. Well, thank you, Kate. I appreciate, again, being on your show, and I hope the message helps many people. I'm really grateful. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. Well, I'm blessed in that way. I have been given a gift and, and trust that I'll use it in the right way. Yes. Right? Oh, I, you definitely are. <laughs> it's a beautiful show. I've been, I've been listening to the episodes. They're just wonderful. Thank you. Oh, well, you're so welcome. And again, great thanks to you, Barbara. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Barbara Lane and Sunday Morning Magazine with Darla Gale. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the Listen tab, then Podcast, followed by either show name. Then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being open to healing and living a peaceful life. Have a week the same, and then please plan to join me again next week for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning with big wishes for a fulfilling 2024.